Hey guys, it's Alex, and welcome to the Radical Resilience Podcast. In the next 20 minutes or so, I'm going to be telling you how you can live your best life when you're feeling at your worst. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be the best self that you can be today and every day. So let's dive into what it really means to live your best life. This is something that's going to vary from person to person because it's greatly influenced by your personal morals and values as an individual. Living your best life essentially means living a life that not only makes you happy, but also a life that allows you to be at your full potential. So keep in mind that your best life could be wildly different from the lives of those around you, and that's because you're unique and special in your own way, as cliche as as that might sound. It's important to remember that living your best life isn't about fitting into the mold that society gives you. It's not about pleasing your parents. It's not about comparing yourself to your friends. When you have a clear indication for yourself of what you value and what your morals are, you're one step closer to living your best life, and I'll explain to you why that is. People who don't have a specific set of morals and values are just coasting and that might work for some people, especially people who have experienced trauma or people who are going through a rough patch. It might even be you and it makes sense why people do this because coasting is basically the act of getting by with as little difficulty as possible. Ideally, that sounds nice, but it usually also means that minimal effort is required And I've learned that when we put effort into things, it feels way better when the task at hand is actually completed. So you might be thinking, Alex, if I'm having a hard time and I can barely make it out of bed in the morning, how do you expect me to have the momentum to complete tasks in the first place? And the answer is pretty simple. You don't. Because you can't pour from an empty cup just like you can't run on an empty battery. And when you have no gas in your tank, if you're at the start of the road, your first thoughts isn't necessarily fueling up. Your first thoughts are probably, oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. Why didn't I fill up earlier? Why does stuff like this always happen to me? And if you're like this, it's okay. Because I used to be honestly the exact same way. For a long time, every time I made a mistake, I would beat myself up about it. I would talk down to myself and pretty much it would just be me digging myself a bigger hole and sinking further into my own counterproductive emotions. Really, it's one of the worst time wasters on the planet because while I could be brainstorming ways to resolve the issue, I'm actually just brainstorming ways to make the issue worse and make myself feel like shit. That is until I learn to be my own friend and let me tell you what I mean by that. So when you have a friend that makes a mistake, big or small, doesn't matter, your first instinct probably isn't to jump down their throat and make them feel worse than they already feel, right? Your first instinct is to try to accept the situation for what it is, and, you know, we can't go back in time, we can't erase the past, there's no point in making your friend feel worse, you might joke around with your friend to lighten the mood, but you likely aren't going to knock them down when they're already at their wits end with the situation at hand. So my question to you is, why is it that when you are at rock bottom, you treat yourself like shit, but if your friend were in that position, you give them grace? Maybe because you value forgiveness, maybe kindness, maybe acceptance. But on top of that, I have to ask, why is it then when you make a mistake or bad things happen to you that you treat yourself like shit and then wonder why you feel like shit? So when you can answer both of those without hesitation, that is the day that pigs will fly because there is no reason why you are less deserving of compassion, less deserving of acceptance, and less deserving of just general kindness than anyone else on this earth. And if you claim to value those things, you should value them in all components of your life, not just with other people. You should also value them within yourself, right? So if you have these values and you genuinely believe in them, 
do you not think that they should apply to everyone, right? You you don't you want to just do it all around in your life, not just to the people around you. You want to give it to yourself as well. So when I say that you need to be a friend to yourself, that is exactly what I mean. It takes a lot of practice. It could take months. It could take years. Some people, you know, start trying to be their own friend and they work on that for the rest of their lives. But as long as you're doing your best at giving yourself some compassion, that is step one. So the next key factor I have for you is not as complicated, but it is equally as important. In order to live your best life when you're at your worst, you have to learn that the world owes you nothing. Literally nothing. So (laughs) I've heard that before and my initial instinct is to kind of get a little bit mad, but let's try to explain why some of us have a hard time understanding that. So as an infant or a small child, when we would cry or we had a skinned knee or someone took something from us, Most times we would rely on our parents to help us resolve the problem and diffuse the situation. Whereas as adults, we expect certain needs to be met from certain people. So, you know, that's kind of a similarity, um, you know, as human needs, regardless of what age you are, uh, we might expect things from people, right? We expect our family to cheer us on. We expect our boss to praise us. We might expect our friends to support our dreams or our business ideas. And what it really comes down to is validation when the harsh reality is, is that it's no one else's job to validate us, but our own. And it took me a long time and years of therapy to learn this one. In fact, I'm still learning this one because of course, in a perfect world, our parents accept us, people at work love us, our friends root for us, they always have our backs. But the sad newsflash is that this isn't realistic because people are too busy fighting their own battles and worrying about themselves. The world doesn't revolve around you and not a single person owes you a damn thing. And I know that sounds pretty harsh, especially for the people whose parents probably didn't nurture them very well. Maybe you were bullied in school. Maybe your teachers gave you shitty marks. Maybe you've lost a job or multiple and you're like, why do I keep getting triggered and why do these things keep happening to me? And I'll tell you why. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. That is the key phrase that you need to keep in your mind. So your parents who treated you like shit growing up, I'm not going to say that it made you stronger because I hate when people say that, but chances are you've learned how to take the high road and to never treat other people who are vulnerable the way that you were treated. Or your bullies that were in school, maybe in the workplace, they showed you exactly the type of person that you don't want to be and it probably even taught you which types of friends you want to attract. And I don't know about you, But I can guarantee that if I didn't have some shitty friends growing up, that I wouldn't be nearly as close to the quality of friends that I have now. Your teachers or, you know, some members of authority might have given you shitty marks or you've had negative interactions with them. Your boss might have given you a bad review at work. But their job is to analyze and assess and it's not necessarily to please you. And you bet your ass it either improved your worth ethic, your worth ethic, It improved your work ethic or it's leading you to better opportunities that are more compatible with your lifestyle and the quality of life that you actually want for yourself. So if these things haven't happened to you yet, believe me, they're going to and they're on the way because when bad things happen to you, you're left with two choices. Choice one is you can sit there miserable and say, woe is me, which by the way, 
is not self-compassion. Some people think that it is, and I can assure you that it's not. Or choice two, you can ask yourself, okay, what is this actually teaching me? Because in life, there are no mistakes, just lessons learned. If you can understand everything I've said so far, you're able to be your own friend and you're able to take life with a grain of salt, then you're ready for step three on how to live your best life, even when you're at your worst. Manifest. (sighs) This is something that, you know, is kind of contradictory, not contradictory, but controversial. Um, Because a lot of people might say, oh, you know, I'm not really spiritual. I'm not really religious. But you don't need to be those things to manifest. I'll get either I'll I'll dive deeper into it. And uh, hopefully that can, um, you know, help help to to understand what manifestation truly is. So a lot of people think that manifesting is just you wishing something good would happen to you. But unfortunately, that's not the way it works. Um, Although that is part of it. Otherwise, we would all have the life that we want without lifting a finger. And like I said earlier, success is a thousand times more rewarding when we put in the effort required to get shit done. Manifesting is more than just wishing for something. It's actually pursuing it through our thoughts, through our words, and through our actions. So goals without plans really are just dreams. And dreams are imaginary unless you bring them to life through your actions in the long run. Or short short term, depending on what the goal is. So I've never been big into journaling growing up. But as of recently, I have been journaling. And it has been a huge game changer in my life. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a stereotypical thing like writing Dear Diary and listing your most sacred secrets. Journaling can be as simple as writing out a goal, a to-do list, or a plan, and it compels us to organize our thoughts. Also, writing things down actually helps our brain to formulate habits, and those habits turn into a routine, routine turns into progress, and we all know that without progress, it's nearly impossible to accomplish anything at all. So... It starts off small, but then it grows, right? Basically, your thoughts and your dreams are like a seed and you choose what you do with that seed. So you can, you know, plant it in some dirt with some sunlight. You can water it. You can take care of it. And then we can grow from there. But if it, if it, if you just leave your seed how it is, that's essentially what you're doing with your dreams. You're just leaving it how it is. And it doesn't necessarily have a purpose unless you're actually going to do something about it. So journaling in the first step of manifesting, that is for success. You don't have to write down your goals right away. Sometimes you are a boost of motivation when you feel like shit is just writing down a small to-do list. And it could be three things that you'd like to get done that day, big or small. And the values we were talking about earlier, maybe you want to actually write some of them down and list some ways that you can behave in accordance with your values in order to get the life you want. We want to move towards our goals and towards our way of the way that we want our life to be, not from it. So when you can actually write that down, that is part of manifesting. So maybe you want to manifest by telling people close to you about your goals to help hold yourself accountable. Or maybe you want to make a conscientious step in achieving something that you've always wanted to do. Maybe you want to create a vision board of how you want your life to look. Maybe you want to pray. You know, some, some, some people think of manifesting as a religious thing. It doesn't have to be a religious thing, but it definitely can be if you choose to make it like that. You can verbalize your plans to God. You can ask him to give you the resources that you need to fulfill your dreams and make them a reality. And another big part of manifesting is behaving as though your goal has already been accomplished. So that might be a little bit complex. So let me explain that. 
So for example, if you want to make a lot of money this year, think of someone that already has a lot of money and the way that they would act and the way that they would behave. So do you think that someone who makes a lot of money spends a lot of money? (laughs) Or do you think that they are manifesting for more money by budgeting and investing? Another example, do you think that someone who has a great relationship with their kids or their friends or their family spends a lot of time ignoring them? Probably not. Someone who has a good relationship with anyone is probably putting that person on a pretty decent pedestal or a pretty decent role in their life in order to achieve that relationship that they strive for on a regular basis. So if you're someone that wants to enhance your relationships, your interpersonal relationships with others, then that's something that you can be doing, right? We're acting the way that we would if we had already accomplished that goal. So, you know, maybe there's someone in your life that you're not really close with, but you say, oh, I wish that I was closer to so-and-so. If you start behaving in that way, that is manifesting for the success of your relationship as a whole. So the last example I have for manifestation, if there's a project you want to be completed, is it useful to lay in bed and complain about what isn't complete? No. The people have completed the people who have completed that task in the past aren't complaining about it because that's time that they could be actually doing it. So to summarize, we can see that the components of getting the life you want includes being a friend to yourself, having kindness towards yourself and being your own friend, and asking what lessons life is trying to teach you now. Also, accepting that no one is coming to save you, but you can save yourself through having dreams that turn into goals, goals that turn into plans, and plans that turn into action, manifesting. That is where the power lies. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and if you haven't already, feel free to subscribe, leave a review to help promote this podcast. This is my first podcast that I'm doing, so I hope you all enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and I hope you feel motivated to take the next steps in living your best life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.